In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we pray that you be with us in these coming moments. Uh, We give this time to you for the proclamation of your word and for your Holy Spirit to illumine your word that we might gain understanding and in turn give you glory. Come against anything that might distract, we pray through your name. Amen. And you may be seated. Good morning. morning. Uh, On somewhat... uh, Little, little, it, we're in that funny time of the year here in Virginia where I don't know what happens, but it seems like as soon as, well, in, in 2019 when school began, you know, it seems like once we go back to school, we, we get a little mini Arctic Express comes down here to put, put a little dew on the pumpkin and get things chill. And then some, some tropical air comes up and brings the, the Turkish bath with it back up, and we're, that's where we're seated here today. Um, our thoughts this morning, uh, we're going to be drawn primarily from the St. Matthew's Gospel, where the evangelist provided an account of the Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem and at the start of the final days of, of his earthly ministry. But now, before we get too far along, uh, I do want to offer up a few alibis, uh, the first alibi is I don't pretend to be a golfer. Uh, I can hold my own on a par three and a little chip and putt, but that's that's the end of, of my golf. The second thing is, if you saw our graphic this morning, this is not a homily about golf. Irrespective of just how stunning Heidi and Naomi's graphic were on the screen that was up, it's not a sports theme message at all. But... As we, as we go into the message, I want to consider some takeaways. And that once we have these takeaways, you know, maybe, maybe Arnold Palmer up there swing and swing on the sunrise will, will make some sense to us. Now, this day in the life of Jesus was probably the most monumental day of his ministry up until this point. The day began with his entry into the city from Bethany with an entourage of worshipers with, with, with palm branches and laying down their cloaks and singing praises, Hosanna to the king, uh, which followed by an abrupt and violent cleansing of the temple, parabolic teaching and a direct challenge to his authority from the religious establishment. But for all the overlapping uh, accounts within the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the passage we see today in our, our appointed gospel reading is only captured in Matthew's gospel. Uh, but it's uh, all scripture is, is God-breathed and given to us for instruction and information. So it doesn't matter how little a piece of scripture or a story is, is stated in, in scripture or whether it's writ large from front to back. It is there for our edification and for our instruction. And that way, for that reason, we cannot, uh, we can't uh, blow past it. So Jesus begins his parable. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go out and work in a vineyard today. And he answered, the son answered, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. 
Other translations will, will flat out say that after this, he repented of his initial statement and, and went out. Then he went to this other son and asked the same question. And he answered, I'll go, sir. But he did not go. Uh, as we recalled last Sunday's gospel, uh, if you remember last Sunday, the gospel was also set in a vineyard. Uh, only in, the, in today's passage, it's a little different because uh, in, in last week, what, what we saw was a vinner who did not have sufficient labor to take care of his crops, went out to uh, the proverbial 7-Eleven in the market square to find day laborers, saying, hey, come work for me at the end of the day, I'll, I'll, pay, you, I'll pay you a fair wage. In today's passage, it's a little different because the vineyard is directing his own, the vineyard is directing his own sons to tend the vines. Now, unlike these high, those hired hands, who they had no stake in the work they were performing other than the denarius that they were promised at the end of the day, uh, these two sons had a vested interest in the success of, of, these, of the grape harvest. So, uh, consequently, they had a family duty to go out into the fields. And as parents, uh, we've probably witnessed, the, witnessed these two responses in our own sons, children. I gave myself up. I don't have daughters. I have sons. Uh, but as boys, uh, my two sons have grew up with completely different temperaments. Uh, both were kind uh, both were respectful, both were, were loving. But while one could be pleasant, but yet very strong-willed, the other could be pleasant, but he was highly distractible. Uh, and in my imagination, I can see this dynamic in play with the two sons in our stories. When one was asked to work in the field... Uh, I can imagine he gave his dad a dozen excuses why, why he cannot go out and tend the grapes that day. Uh, you know, maybe he didn't want to leave the comfort of, of, of the house to go out into the field to, to work. Uh, maybe he had a Zoom meeting he was hoping to attend. Uh, you know, or perhaps he just, you know, he just, he wasn't feeling it. Uh, we've, we've had those days where usually it hits me on Monday, uh, and that's where the adult has to kick in. It's like, no, you may not be feeling it. Get up, Andy, and go to work. Uh, perhaps the second son, on the other half, when asked by his dad, was quick to jump towards the task. So, yeah, dad, sure, I'll do that. But he found himself quickly distracted by something or, or someone. But yet we learn that this first son who first refused the direction to work in the vineyard repented, as we, we mentioned early of his initial response, and went out to work in, in, with the vines. And with this, Jesus asked his, his hearers, which of the two did the will of the father? They said, obviously the first that did the will of the father. Uh, the answer to this question was, was obvious. Not only did this son do the will of, of his father, but in doing this, he reaped 
what I'm calling this morning is the blessing of the follow through. Uh, where not only, uh, where he not only heard the call of his father, but he followed through in the command and the will of his father and doing what he was asked to. Now, this parable might seem as, as if it's a, an unrelated tangent from the text which we find, where we find it encapsulated in chapter, chapter 21. Yet, to fully capture the gravity of this par- parable, uh, we need to see it not just as an observation on obedience, but considered in the light of uh, verses 23 through, through 27, uh, which preceded it. And we see beginning in verse 23, when he en- entered the temple, the chief priests and elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I'll ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, I'll also tell you what, by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where did it come from? Did it come from heaven or did it come from men? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say heaven, he'll ask us, he'll say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd that hold John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Jesus replied to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So not, or, not only were these religious uh, leaders bound up in their disobedience, but they were doubly bound in fear that stemmed from their defiance. And it's in this that Jesus levels a withering uh, pronouncement as he continues in, in verse 31b. Truly, I say to you, The tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did believe him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterwards change your mind and believe in him. The very classes that were despised by the religious elite were the ones who approached the father in repentance and now were resting in the blessing of the follow through. Well, the leaders of Israel who rejected John and the fruits of his ministry, they were at this point in danger of being excluded from the kingdom of heaven. The very ones who would pray every day, Lord, I thank you that I was not born a woman, a Samaritan, or a dog. Uh, now found themselves with their, with their hands in their pocket and without excuse. Tragically, and this is where the, the tragedy of it all, their pride caused them to double down in the rejection and hatred of the Messiah. In a few short days... Uh, these who had their nose in, out of joint on that first Sunday of the week would now, in, in a few short days, would be baying like wolves for the death of Jesus before Pilate. So we consider that. And so what, 
One big takeaway I'd like us to consider today as, as we uh, consider these words, and albeit it's, it's a briefer message than usual, but uh, like the Marines, you know, the Marines are looking for a few good men. Uh, we receive from time to time, we, we, can receive, we can read a psalm like uh, Psalm 119 where you better pack your lunch because you're going to be there reading a while. Or we can read words of, of like John's gospel that are so powerful that just simply contain two words that say, Jesus wept. In each of these, there's a takeaway for us. And I believe uh, one of the, the big takeaway for us in this message and this thought that today is on our, as we continue on our pilgrimage from baptism to glory, uh, from the first steps we take into the kingdom uh, to when we cross the threshold down those golden streets of the new heaven and the new earth, we will continually be confronted, convicted, and challenged as, as, as we're called to a life conformed to Christ Jesus. But in, uh, in this plethora of challenges and calls that we receive, uh, our response is basically going to be bar, bi a binary response. Yes or no. I will or I won't. Uh, and what these responses boil down to is either being one of disobedience or one of being of obedience. And we're promised uh, in throughout God's word that as we follow through on the call of obedience to the, in obedience rather to the call of God, we will know the blessings of, of the follow through. Even if it's just that sense of that smile of God smiling on the, down the back of your neck over your shoulder and hearing that still small voice saying, well done, good job, you nailed it. And then on to the next challenge. <laughs> but I would pray this morning that may the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, empower us. Uh, to be ready to not only answer the call, but to follow through on what God is, is calling us to do. Let us pray. Father, we, we thank you for your word, for it is profitable in all things. Your word is life and health to us. It, it, is, spirit, it is spiritual vitality from which we grow. It's through your words that, that our spiritual muscles are flexed and tried and tested. And as we respond to that word, we, we know that uh, there will be growth, there will be reward. So encourage us today, Lord, not just encourage us, but challenge us that when we hear your voice, uh, that we will say, yes, Father, I will. This we ask in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.